Happy Palm Sunday, Ridgeway Church. It's so good to uh, be here and good to be back. Debbie and I had a trip to Israel. Some of you know that. Some of you don't know that because of all that's going on. But uh, we're just so excited about today uh, to meet with you. And uh, in fact, you see our, uh, our communion here, the, the, the cup and the bread. And that's a reminder that at the close of our time this morning, uh, we're just going to have some communion together. So go uh, go look through your cupboards and get yourself some some juice or maybe have some wine and some 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 bread and we will we will just uh, we will share that moment together as we conclude here in a minute. I, I'm wondering if you ever heard the story about the little boy who got sick on Palm Sunday and uh, he wasn't able to go to church and his dad came home and he had a palm branch and and the little guy said, "What's that all about?" And he said, "Well, that's for when Jesus came riding into town." Uh, 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 and they waved palm branches. And the little boy, his face got all sullen. He said, great, the one Sunday I miss, Jesus shows up. And you know what? Uh, uh, I think that's how some of us feel right now. We've missed church being together, uh, uh, sharing community and, and all that comes with the joy of gathering on Sundays. And uh, uh, I think I feel a little bit like that little boy, but I want to assure you this, okay? Um uh, the scripture is very clear that wherever two or more gather in, in Jesus' name, that he is there by his spirit, his presence is with us. And so I can tell you this, that Jesus is showing up where you're at today. He's showing up in this room where I'm, I'm going to share communion here in a little bit. So be encouraged. Just because we're not together in a large gathering, the presence of the Lord is with us today. Uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, I'm going to be reading from, God, uh, from John's uh, testimony of Palm Sunday. What's interesting is all four Gospels uh, talk about this and share uh, their perspective of what took place on that first Palm Sunday. So starting in, in, in uh, as I said, John chapter 12, verses 12 uh, through 15, John says, and he writes and records, the next day the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. Now the festival that they're talking about is, is the Jewish Passover. This was the most popular, probably the greatest feast that the Jewish people had. And, and it commemorated Israel's deliverance from Egyptian slavery over 400 years in bondage. And if you remember the story, uh, a lamb was to be slain and the blood was to be put over the houses of the, of the Israelites and the, the death angel would pass over. Okay, so Passover, they celebrated it from that time forward because it actually was the uh, was the key to their deliverance from, from Egypt. So uh, the scripture goes on to say here that they, they took palm branches and went out to meet him shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a donkey and sat on it. And as it is written, do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. Now that those couple of lines there were taken from a prophecy from Zechariah in the Old Testament given 400 years earlier. Uh, and I just want to read that scripture to you from uh, Zechariah 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, daughter of Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So, I think it's safe to say that the first, the first Palm Sunday was all about Jesus. 
and it still is, by the way, all about Jesus. Uh, there's lots of shouting. There's lots of praise going on. Everyone loves a parade, right? I'm sure you do. I do. And they're, they're looking to see their prophet. They're looking to see this teacher, this rabbi from Galilee who healed the sick, who cleansed lepers, who delivered those who were demon-possessed. In fact, a few days earlier, just down the very steep hill from Jerusalem to Jericho, uh, Jesus is working his way to Jerusalem, and he stops, and he heals a blind man. And then he goes into the house of a, uh, a notorious tax collector and has dinner with a, this tax collector named Zacchaeus. Uh, the meeting and the time in, in, in Jericho goes a little long, and by the time he gets up to Bethany, where he's going to be kind of probably staying during the week of uh, Holy Week, uh, uh, his good friend uh, Lazarus dies. And uh, Jesus shows up, and the family's all heartbroken, and there's a funeral going on. And when you invite Jesus to a funeral, uh, usually something supernatural happens, and he, and he spoke life back into Lazarus' uh, condition. And Lazarus was supernaturally raised from the dead. In fact, the, uh, John, in his gospel, says that much of the crowd that was gathering uh, for that first Palm Sunday, waving their palm branches, laying their cloaks on the ground, much of that crowd uh, were, were those who had encountered and heard about and maybe even seen uh, Lazarus alive. So you just kind of get yourself into the whole uh, picture here and all that's taking place. There's a lot of excitement on this first uh, Palm Sunday because, of course, it is all about Jesus. And, of course, they're, they're wanting to get a picture of uh, and, and, and see the, uh, as I say, get a, get a selfie with, but uh, they didn't have a palm, uh, they didn't have uh, smartphones back then, but they wanted to get up close to this miracle worker. And it was more than the miracle worker. They wanted to see who they believed was the, the Messiah, the, the emancipator, the deliverer, um, the new king of Israel. Uh, you see the Sadducees, one of the religious sects and, and leaders of, of Israel at that time, they had a tradition that, and a kind of prophetic thing, that they believed the Messiah would show up four days before Passover, and they even left the gates of the temple open for him to walk in and take his rightful place. And so every Passover, the religious leaders were anticipating, could this be, could this be the Passover that, uh, that Messiah comes? And, uh, and in fact, uh, so you can understand the he Hebrew nationalistic fervor was at, at, its, at its peak on this particular time and this holiday. And 200 years earlier, Judas uh, Maccabees had uh, overthrown the, the yoke of the Seleucid kings of Syria and brought Jewish independence. And they were longing for that Jewish, they called him the hammer. They were longing for that kind of a, a, a Messiah to come and to restore freedom and break the yoke of, of, of Rome off of them and to restore Israel to greatness. They were looking for a deliverer on that first Palm Sunday. So here comes Jesus riding down that, uh, that hill of Mount Olives uh, and, and through the valley, the Kidron Valley, up into Jerusalem on a donkey, on a donkey. Now, a conquering king would ride a stallion uh, in that time, uh, that the stallion and the king would, would symbolize strength and, and war and even human pride. But here comes Jesus riding on a donkey, uh, the image of humility, uh, a symbol of peace. Isn't that interesting? And you know, I've called my message this morning, I've kind of titled it Palm Sunday Peace because we're going to see a lot of peace showing up in the next couple of minutes. And I hope that all of us can uh, can drink of peace today during this very tumultuous time. Israel was looking for a ramble on a stallion 
And uh, on this Palm Sunday, they got a lamb on a donkey. How how crazy! I like to say, and some of you've heard this before. They they were they were looking for Rambo, but they got Lambo. And uh, and John the Baptist, in fact, at the very beginning of, of of John's gospel, the Baptist says this as he sees Jesus in and around his baptism in the Jordan River. He says, "Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world." Here comes Jesus, and he's riding on a donkey. The Prince of Peace was delivered. He was transported into Jerusalem on a symbol of peace. Think about that. So on that Sunday, of course, Jesus, he's worshiped as king. But the bittersweet truth is that Friday is coming. And uh, their their shouts would would go from uh, Jesus and, and Hosanna to give us Barabbas instead of Jesus or crucify him instead of we praise you. And uh and, and, and I want to say this, that and, and as I transition this today, uh, Jesus, uh, uh, b- before Friday, which is was coming up this week, uh, there, there was a Thursday night. We call it Monday Thursday. We call it the Passover dinner. There's, it's dinner with Jesus. And I, wanna, I want us to look at just a couple of conversations for j- just a few minutes that Jesus had with his disciples that I think can encourage us and bring us peace during this season. Um, and in fact, uh, I, I want to just ask this, not that I'm going to hear you respond, but where you're at, I want to ask, how are you feeling today? Where are your emotions? What, what's your stress level amidst this, this crazy time that we're, we're living in? Uh, I mean, I've lived a while and I've never seen anything like it. I think we can talk to any of our grandparents or great grandparents, and we've never seen anything quite like this in our in our country's history. This coronavirus, it's 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 causing a lot of stress, and um, and I, I'm sure some of you are feeling that even today. So I say, how are you feeling? Do you, are, are you filled with stress today? Do you do you feel anxiety or or fear or unrest or uncertainty? Debbie and I left on March 9th to fly over to Israel. And as we were getting on the plane, we learned that Israel was shutting down all flights within 72 hours into their country. We didn't know if we were going to arrive in Israel and be placed in a bunker somewhere and put on a bus to go back to the airport where they're going to send us home. It didn't turn out that way. We were able to enjoy much of the, our journey. We call it a pilgrimage. But uh, but uh, it was pretty stressful, even on the airplane flying over. And we left on March 9th and we return to a whole different world, one that you're quite aware of. Things have changed so drastically, and we're praying for uh, a return to normalcy, but uh, it's, it's, it's not like it was, and there is stress and unrest and uncertainty. And I think it's safe to say that the disciples were feeling their share of crazy emotions, okay? And I want us to just for a minute uh, to put ourselves in their sandals and, and to walk where they were walking uh, down into the city of Jerusalem. And from there, things just began to pick up over the next couple of days leading up to the Passover dinner and then, of course, Jesus' passion um, and his crucifixion. But uh, in fact, I, I just just remind you, uh, just a couple of days prior to uh, Palm Sunday, Jesus is, is, is hanging out there in the, in the town of Beth, Bethany, which is just a, a bedroom community to Jerusalem. You can see it 
from the Temple Mount. You can see ancient Bethany and where Jesus would have been. And so he's, he's hanging out there. And, and uh, our Bethany talked last week a little bit about, uh, about Mary coming and, and anointing Jesus' feet with this very costly, very costly perfume worth a whole year's wages. And, and then Jesus, you know, because people are starting to get upset. Why waste that on somebody's feet? And she's drying his feet with her hair. It's just a beautiful picture of worship. And, and, uh, and Jesus says this, She's anointing me for burial. What? And a couple days later, he predicts his death. Now get inside the minds of the disciples. They're, they didn't buy into this. They were looking for the hammer. They were looking for Rambo. And now this one that they love, who'd done so much in their life in such a short time, and they'd seen the supernatural all around his life and his ministry, is now talking about death? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine their stress and their anxiety and the unrest, the uncertainty, the fear that they're feeling? Um, I, I can only imagine. And then Jesus, in just a matter of probably minutes, because now he's, he's reclining probably from the table and having a discussion, and he talks about Judas betraying him, one of their very own, someone who had traveled with them for, for three years, and they, they were friends, and they laughed together, and now he was going to betray them. Imagine the panic that they were feeling and, and the worry. I'm just imagining if you, could, if you could have tested their blood pressure, I bet it was skyrocketing high, right? Then Jesus predicts Peter's denial. The rock, Peter. I mean, he was their leader. And now Jesus is saying, you're going you're gonna to deny me three times. And uh, again, uh, tension. Can you imagine the unease in the room that night? Or how about just, you felt it that, and you maybe felt it here in the last few days, that sick to the stomach kind of feeling where you just feel a little nauseous? Jesus predicting that of Peter. Then he says something to this effect, I'm leaving and where I go, you can't follow. Oh, great. They've been following him faithfully for three years. Can you imagine the horror, the, the sense of abandonment, rejection, desertion? Just, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to get inside their sandals, all right? Bear with me this morning. I cannot imagine the stress level and, 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 and the fear. And then the icing on the cake. I love to talk about this. Jesus amidst, and this is all happening in, in the context of John's writings here in John 13 and, and leading up into verse, uh, verse uh, 13 that we're gonna look at here, but probably chapter 12. And this is the story, the narrative that John gives us of this first Palm Sunday, and, and then they're meeting together for the Passover dinner. And, um, and I say the icing on the cake, Jesus says, now I'm gonna give you a new commandment. And, and the scripture, says it like this, a new commandment I give you in John chapter 13, that you'd love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. You say, well, that's no big deal. Jesus always had great words and great things to say. And, but what he's saying is, uh, he's giving a new commandment. I'm sure the disciples are looking at each other about that time and they're saying, can he do that? Moses was the lawgiver. Moses gave us 10 commandments. And then there is an additional 611. We have all the laws we need. And now, with all this stress and all this going on and all this fear and all this pressure, all this heaviness, now he's giving us a new commandment. He's messing with our theology. Some of them may have been angry. Maybe some were concerned or confused. Maybe they had doubts. Have we been following the wrong guy? Now he's trying to change the whole commandment system and, and, and introduce a new, a new commandment. A whole lot more stress, I'm sure, was added. Now, I believe it's possible that at this point, the disciples were having a major meltdown. 
I, I really believe it's possible. Uh, and, 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 and you're going to see why I believe that's to be true, because uh, I, with that, I'm, I'm sure there's just a whole lot of unrest in their souls. But then Jesus utters these seven wonderful words. Let not your hearts be troubled. Now, I'm sure he's looking into their eyes and they're glazing over and they're perspiring and they're, they're fidgeting and uh, they're being undone. And Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. It sounds like from that statement that Jesus made that they have a choice in the matter. They have a choice amidst their circumstance. Be troubled or be not troubled. <laughs> choose trouble or choose not to go the way of trouble. He goes on to say, you believe in God, believe also in me. What I see this saying is, faith in God, faith in Jesus Christ would be the sustaining force in the disciples' tumultuous world. And you know what? The same is true for you and I right now. It's the same for us. Placing our faith and our trust in Jesus amidst this storm, this very real storm that's all around us, will invite the supernatural presence of Jesus Christ into our condition. Man, that's good. I mean, that, that's worth me saying, but I just need to keep moving on. It's, it's worth repeating, but you can go back and listen to that again, okay? His presence is so valuable. And, and I have a choice. You have a choice today. Will I be troubled or will I choose not to be troubled? Peace, as I see it, as Jesus is teaching here the night before his crucifixion, it's something we can choose to walk in. Jesus had something to say very important about worry. And this happened a couple years earlier on the side of a mountain surrounding the Sea of Galilee when he, he, he shared that wonderful Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6. He said, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what, do you, what will you wear? It's not is, is not life more than food, Jesus says, and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Listen to this. Are you not much more valuable than they? <laughs> Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? The answer to that question, by the way, the first one, uh, absolutely, yes, you are more valuable than they, than the birds that God's created, and yet he cares for them. Don't worry. Trust God. Choose peace today. God is in our midst, and you know what? He loves us, and he's caring for us. That's encouraging to me, and I'm, I hope it's encouraging to you as well. Uh, we choose peace. And also, I just want us to see, as we kind of transi transition towards close here, is that peace is a person, all right? Peace is a person. Now, the most difficult thing about this pandemic for me, and probably you as well, is the isolation thing. Um, when we, how should I say this? When we really need to be together, we're told not to be together. And that's just so hard, isn't it? It's so difficult. I, I wanna be with you. I wanna be with my friends. I, I wanna hang out. Um, and we're finding creative ways to do that. This week, we're resuming our connect groups via Zoom. So I say we're re-Zooming, you get it? And so we are, uh, we're, we're connecting and I know that's gonna be a beautiful breath of fresh air to your hearts and we trust that the Lord will meet with us in, in our groups. Uh, uh, I guess as I'm sharing this 
It's happening last week and will continue it this week for sure. But uh, that's that's the most difficult thing about, about this pandemic is the isolation. Now, amidst the disciples' sense of loneliness and abandonment, Jesus promised a comforter, all right? In John 14, verses 26 and 27, the American Standard Version says it this way, but the comforter, and this is Jesus speaking, even the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring to you your uh, and bring to your remembrance all that I said unto you. Now, Jesus was not leaving his disciples alone amidst their storm. He promised the Holy Spirit, and not just the Holy Spirit. He promised that the Holy Spirit would come uh, as a means of comforter, and he even called him the the Comforter. He goes on to say in verse twenty seven, "Peace I leave with you; my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives." Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You know, it's hard to find peace in the world right now, isn't it? In fact, I can guarantee you, if you want a rise in your anxiety level or your blood pressure, just turn on the evening news. Turn on the midday news. We're surrounded by uh, what the world gives us and Jesus says it's, it's not uh, the peace that he gives. It's hard to find peace right now. And we pray for those in leadership and we pray for those who govern us. We pray for those who are caring for us. But this is not a peaceful time. It's a very anxious time. And uh, if you uh, notice, I thought this was kind of interesting. Notice where Jesus says, again, apparently giving us a choice, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. You know, for some reason, that just has never jumped out to me like it has during this season. Jesus, now again, these disciples are stressing beyond belief right now. And Jesus is saying, do not let your hearts be troubled. We have a choice in the matter. Do not be afraid. Father will send in my name, Jesus said. Father will send the Holy Spirit in my name. Peace I leave with you, Jesus said. Peace I give you. So here's the question I ask you. Is that peace brought forth in the person of the Comforter, the Holy Spirit? I'm gonna have some, and I take my liberty here with the scripture here because I, I see this, this text, Jesus going from the Comforter and the value of the, uh, the Holy Spirit coming, and then he goes right into my peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I believe the peace that we're looking for right now is in the person of the Holy Spirit of God. Mark chapter 1, verse 10, Jesus comes up out of the water at his day of baptism. And you're familiar with this, maybe. He, he says, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. Uh, the, the, Holy, the Holy Spirit, the dove, has throughout church history been the symbol, even of the early Christians who portrayed the act of baptism accompanied by a dove holding an olive branch in, in its beak. And also, they use these images on their sepulchers, on their gravestones. And so, from the very beginning, the Holy Spirit, the dove, and peace, and the peace of God through the person of the Holy Spirit uh, was all brought into their theology and their identity and their walk with Christ. Not only can we choose peace, but the Holy Spirit who fills our lives today as Christ followers is that peace, okay? So it's our choice. It's a person. I like how the Amplified Version says in John 14, verse 26, 
but the helper, that's the Holy Spirit, and then it's broken down, the helper or comforter or advocate or intercessor or counselor or strengthener or standby, that's the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things. Wow, that's a mouthful. The Holy Spirit represents so much in our lives. He's that comforter. He is our peace. Hey, what an amazing companion God has given us for this season of isolation. <laughs> the Holy Spirit of God. Don't take it lightly, church. Please don't. You know, you say, well, you know, I'm not one of those jump pews, swing from, you know, chandelier, Holy Spirit people. You need to be whatever the Holy Spirit wants to be in your life today because he's here to bring us comfort, to be an ever-present help amidst this storm, to magnify the teachings and the presence of Jesus in our life. Uh, he is our peace. Amen. So in closing, uh, I, I want you to see a picture that uh, hopefully by, um, by way of the, the miracle of, of video that you'll be looking at even now. But this is a picture that, that, that I took uh, as one day we, we, we were kind of uh, uh, grounded just outside the, the ancient city of Jerusalem. Our tour got shut down halfway through, but we were within walking distance of the ancient walls of, of, of Jerusalem. So one day we actually paid 20 shekels a piece and Debbie and I and another couple, we went up on those walls that are like 30, 40 feet above the city and we walked halfway around the ancient city of, of Jerusalem. And we walked as far as we could until we came to the end, which was the Holy Temple Mount, a very sacred place. For, for Islam and, and for our, our Muslim neighbors because that's the Dome of the Rock and the believed to be the old place of the, of the, the, uh, the temple of, of Israel and the, the Jewish temple. So it's very sacred, but you could walk no further because of security. So our walk stopped right there. And as we came to the, the end of, the, of that little path, there was this beautiful white dove sitting right there on the wall. And as you can see, uh, he's looking at one minute, he'd look at, at me and I was no more than a couple of feet from him and he wouldn't fly away. I don't know if he thought I had food. I kind of believe, as I'm gonna tell you right now, that it was a God moment. And uh, that, that dove that I believe is that symbol of peace in our hearts and a symbol of the presence of the Holy Spirit, that that dove was at one moment looking down over the Kidron Valley. And if, if you can see in the picture, it is actually the, the beautiful picture of the, the, uh, the, Mount, the Mount of Olives, but also uh, the, uh, the Garden of Gethsemane and the Church of All Nations. And uh, so that's what I could see from there. That's what that dove was looking at there. And I just, I just, I, I wanted to share that picture with you because uh, it was a God sighting for me uh, with all the craziness flying around us. That dove would not leave that perch. And I got so close to him and he would not leave because uh, for us, you know, the takeaway is the Holy Spirit's not going to leave us. The presence of the living God through the person of the, the Holy Spirit and our Lord Jesus Christ is with us during this time. And what it means to us is when, when others are being overwhelmed, we have a sustaining grace in our lives. And it's because of the presence of the supernatural living God through the person of the Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus, the risen Christ, who we're going to celebrate next week, okay? So uh, listen, uh, be encouraged. Uh, Jesus gave that new command that we would love one another as Christ has loved us. And by this, the world is going to know that we belong to Jesus. And that love that we show for one another creatively during this time, uh, it's going to splash over into the hearts and lives of our neighbors and those that we come in contact with. So 
All right, march on, church. God bless you on this special day. Uh, I want to conclude, as I said, with, with Holy Communion. But before I do, I just want to pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word and these words and, and the gift that you've given us uh, of, the, of the picture and the revelation and the understanding of that first Palm Sunday where you rode into Jerusalem and you were proclaimed as king. And we knew that fickle minds would, would take over before the week uh, concluded and, and hearts would change and you'd be crucified. But we know, Jesus, that that was your plan to bring us life and hope and salvation. And Lord, we pray even today, and I pray, Lord, for those who are listening to this message, that you would pour out your peace into their condition, into their anxiety, into their unrest, into their brokenness, Lord. I pray, Jesus, that you would pour out great peace, waves of peace, that you would fill each heart and life with, uh, with the powerful presence of your Holy Spirit. What a beautiful companion you are, Spirit of God, during this time. We ask this in your name, Jesus, and we thank you for your spirit. Amen. 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 Let me just read from Paul's second or first letter to the church at Corinth, and let's take and partake of communion together. Prepare yourselves. Maybe uh, gather your family around if you can. Um, uh, if you're taking it alone, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's with all of us right now. Uh, but the Apostle Paul wrote these words. Uh, he says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this in, uh, as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Lord Jesus, we thank you today for your body that was broken. Lord Jesus, by your stripes we are healed and we are transformed by the power of your sacrifice on the cross. We thank you, Jesus, for the new covenant in your blood. Lord, it, 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 it's a new covenant because it was, it, was, it was your life that was given and your blood that was shed. And we thank you that we reside and we live and we move. We have our being beneath the beautiful banner of your new covenant. Jesus, we pray that your, even as we come hungry today to your table, that we would receive from you our healing and our wholeness. I pray for those who may be affected by, by this disease, Lord, that you would touch them and bring wholeness to their lives. Jesus, I pray that you would pour out strength and healing. Lord, that may be the biggest thing that we hunger for today at your table a healing touch from our almighty God. We ask this, Jesus, in your name. We thank you for your body that was broken and for your blood that was shed. In Jesus' name, let's partake together, church. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Connect with our connect groups. There'll be some information going out, a special happening on Good Friday evening and also Sunday morning at 10 a.m. next week. We're going to celebrate Jesus Christ and his resurrection. God bless you.